Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. Have you ever received more than you asked for or were even expecting? A few years ago, our family went on vacation and our church family had said that they were gonna remodel one of our bathrooms. And so when we got home, we were expecting a remodeled bathroom, but we weren't expecting new landscaping and the garage door being fixed and the hundred little touches that had taken place in our home. Just the other day, I went to the barber shop to get a haircut. And after my haircut, I pulled out my wallet to pay. And my barber said, don't worry about it. So-and-so has already paid for it. Man, it is fun to get more than you were expecting. Sometimes. Sometimes you go to the doctor for a routine checkup and he sits you down and he says, there seems to be some complications. Sometimes you go for an ultrasound and the doctor says, twins. Well, our text this morning has people getting more than they expected, and it's going to change their life forever. So recreate this scene in your mind. Peter and John are walking up a dusty road they have trotted many times. They are hurrying to make it for the three o'clock prayer meeting. And as they are walking, you can overhear them talking about Jesus and how they're going to tell people in the synagogue about him. You think anybody's going to believe us today, John? I don't know, Peter. Surely somebody will. Anyways, it'll be exciting to get to meet with some of those new believers from a few days ago on Pentecost. At the same time they're striding towards the synagogue, along with every other faithful Jew in Jerusalem, a crippled man is being rushed to the gate so he can beg for alms. He doesn't want to show up late because then he would miss the big rush. At the same moment Peter and John are about to walk through the gate into the temple, this crippled man is being set down. And he lifts up his tin cup to Peter and John and he says, Hey fellas, how about some sympathy for an old crippled man? Do you have any extra change? And Peter and John look the man square in the eye, the spirit of Christ moving in them. And Peter says, I don't have any change to put in your hand, but what I do have will change you completely. So he reaches down and lifts the man up to his feet that are no longer crippled. This is an example of something Luke tells us previously that many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. I mean, what a scene took place after that. The man goes shouting and running and jumping all over the temple. He had probably never been allowed to go in before, but now he was bouncing all over the place. And then listen to what happens next. Acts chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's, astounded. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? No one could deny the healing, but they were all amazed and wondered. And they asked, what kind of power do these guys have? Where did it come from? So Peter, in this sermon, is going to give them more than they ever expected. Peter makes it undeniably clear that the power that caused this healing does not come from man. In one slashing claim, Peter demolished the idea of trusting in men to work miracles. Peter wastes no time in focusing everyone's attention upon Jesus of Nazareth and his power. And this power was being displayed in that day to authenticate Jesus' church. I want to press upon us what Jesus' power does in the church. It causes us to deny ourselves and exalt Christ. You know when Jesus is moving in his church because people naturally deny themselves and direct all praise and honor and attention to Jesus. 
It's not a false humility, but a real understanding that we are nothing and Christ is all. It's not our job to make a name for ourselves. It is our job to make the fame of Jesus known. At the end of history, people will be waving banners, not with our church names on them. There will be one banner waved and one name written on the banner, Jesus Christ the Lord. So not only do we see denial of self and exaltation of Christ, but we also see when Jesus' power is moving in the church, we see a total ministry. In other words, there are deeds and declarations, action and announcements. We live in a society that has minimized the importance of words. You hear things like, talk is cheap. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We hear things like, people would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. One of the things I hear is this, preacher, I'll do anything. Clean toilets, mow the grass, paint rooms, make a meal. Just don't ask me to talk. Here's the problem with that. Talking is essential to the spread of the gospel. You'll notice that Jesus lived and walked and did ministry in public. He was put on trial in public. He was crucified in public. But his resurrection was not public. He only appeared to his followers. And now they become talking witnesses. They gossip the gospel. They do not leave the events of the gospel to be interpreted by the public. The church, the individuals in the church, are to interpret the events by means of speaking the gospel. I mean, how much gospel good can you accomplish if you go to a foreign country and put on a dental clinic but never express to the people why you came? How much gospel good takes place if you go to an outreach in your neighborhood and you teach some songs and you have a good time and you give out snacks but never express to the people there their need for Christ? A church that's being moved by the power of Christ will have a total ministry demonstrating and declaring the gospel. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says, How are they to call on him? in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? You say, well, Cliff, I'm not a preacher. That's asking a little too much of me. Listen, I know it is. It's asking too much of you. But listen to me. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm exhorting you to trust Christ and let him use your mouth. Let me show you what I mean. Verse 16 says that it was by faith in Jesus' name that made this man strong. Well, whose faith are we talking about? It seems to me that it was Peter and John's faith in the name and the power and the person of Jesus that released the power of Jesus. So Jesus decided that he was going to heal the crippled man, and he was going to do it through Peter. Peter, will you trust me to do it? I'm not asking you to heal him. I'm asking you if you will trust me to do it. It may be your hand that's going to raise this man, but it's going to be my power. When it comes to total ministry, whether it be through our voices or our endeavors, we must approach them the same way, to trust Christ to work and speak through us. So Peter basically says, it wasn't me. It was Jesus working through me. And I need you to know about Jesus, not me. You never know what might happen 
on your routine day when you are trusting and abiding in Christ, except for we do know that he will produce his fruit through us, and that's more than we can imagine. When you pray today, pray for Jeremy Hambrice and his wife Mandy and their daughters Paisley and Miley as they work to translate the Bible for the Wantakian people of Papua New Guinea. And also pray for the Marwari broadcast in India and Pakistan. Thank you.